0: uh you are now tuned into anything potable the most honorable the most audible hold the applause like paul pierce when he was fresh out the hospital like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through so tell me why you mad even your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with brad stevens champion contenders we drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your players whacker i got the inside scoop after hanging up with jay and packard okay we about chips here i'm talking about this year band of 12 plus 6 head Carson, that was top rookie i'm seeing it now ain't playing around with tatum and hay with a brown we off the charts but you gotta play it market smart close out because he pulling up from harvard yard gang green it's no other way so tune in to the pod if you playing stand up today. you <laughs> <Aziz>. <laughs> aj I, I see you she- welcome to anything is potable the Boston Celtics podcast here on the athletic podcast network i am your host sam jam packard professional sports fan joined as always by the kid the god the legend himself, Jay King, Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic, which you can get for $1 a month, people, just throwing it out there. But we are coming to you live on Periscope today and also on the podcast after the Celtics win a game in the Eastern Conference semifinals, 117-106. to 106. I do look good in my fall flannel. Thank you. That is my main look. Uh, but the Celtics... Um, just came out when we're very aggressive tonight, especially Jalen Brown, and they had what, like fifty points in the paint. It was just absolutely insane. It felt like a completely different game. And you know what? Even though they, stopped, they had
1: sixty points in the paint, by the way.
0: Thank you. That's why Jay King is the uh, the analyst, and I'm just the uh, law talking guy. Fifty
1: over the first three quarters.
0: So that's a thing that Jay. I'm. I'm gonna be a like. We should at least. I think Celtics fans should be like, Jam. You should celebrate the win. The Celtics still stopped playing in the fourth quarter. Like they were good enough to have a large lead, and the fact that it didn't hurt them, but they still almost choked this game away after being up big uh, after three quarters. That's where you're gonna start. I. I. It just popped in my head. I don't know. That's where you're gonna start. You, you tell me where to start,
1: bro. I mean, it should probably start with Jalen Brown, who had one of the best games of his life, certainly of his playoff life. Just from the start, was hell bent on getting to the paint. Just was kind of barreling into the paint, but not doing it like like totally out of control. Still, still made some some good passes got to the cup, his mindset, his mentality, the defense he played in the first half. When the Celtics went to the best five lineup at the end of the second quarter, he was out pressing up on Bam Adebayo, forcing turnovers, getting run out buckets. Jalen Brown was just fantastic. And two days after, he was in some sort of brouhaha with Marcus Smart, maybe the rest of the Celtics team, whatever it was. It was it was a great great response from him. I thought his energy was off the charts.
0: Yeah, no, he was fantastic. That run uh at the end of the second quarter. Actually they had, they had a nice run at the end of the first quarter and a nice run at the end of the second quarter, but the, when they were able to go to that best five, um it's something that you were skeptical of Jay King cuz you thought they would go completely Kind of destroyed by bam size but i thought it really helped them um just press up on defense and you know what they just did a better job handling the zone tonight And i think the return of gordon hayward had a huge impact on it even though he didn't have the best stat line it was like six points five boards four assists he's just made the right decision you saw him be able to get into the zone it feels like they had a concerted plan to like just get a guy in the zone and it felt like the 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 whole plan was just tap passes uh, once you get a guy in the middle. But um, you just saw the spacing on the floor was just that much better with him. Uh, and I thought it was important that he knocked down a three in the third quarter. Just the spacing was that much better with him on his court. What was your impression of what Hayward gave them um, in his return back? I thought he was good. They ran offense through him right away. Like the almost one of the
1: first possessions he was on the court, pick and roll, great pass to Tice. Uh, shortly after that, he – had another pick and roll pull up jumper. He didn't have the most efficient scoring night. He said his ankle is still bothering him. He's not 100%. He's tired. He's gassed. Yeah, he was clearly tired too. He was so visibly gassed. I was cracking up actually at how hard he was breathing during his first stint. He played like four or five minutes only and it was just, it was like, like me out there in men's league. He was just super gassed, but that's understandable after more than a month of of not playing a basketball game. Um, like, the Celtics just he, – he really makes things better for them. And it's not just that – like how he helps individually. He just makes them so much tougher to match up against because then they have another 6'8 wing who can do a lot of stuff and they have another guy who can attack Robinson and Hero and the lesser Heat guys – and another guy who can defend and rebound it and so it it really he's important for them he's always been important for them I thought even though I don't think they were in like total peril but when Miami cut it to I think it was eight in the fourth quarter and Hayward snuck along the baseline fed Kemba for a three in the corner like that that's a that's a big play uh, a, a play that Maybe wasn't game-saving, but
0: just a smart Hayward play, and that's just kind of what he does. And you just see the impact of him playing. I was surprised, that actually, he was able to go 30 minutes, but him playing 30 minutes off the bench, um, you only get – I mean, you had the five Kander minutes that were – he was actually somewhat productive but, like, ultimately meaningless. But then you only have nine minutes from Brad Wanamaker and nine minutes from Grant Williams and just allows them to go small and be that more flexible We actually saw a lineup, which I just don't think we've seen before. It was like a three-guard lineup with Jalen and then Jason at the five. Like, Brad, just like the ability to go small, I think, was just – they didn't get hurt on the glass. They were not, like, in foul trouble, although Tice was clearly in foul trouble after committing one of the dumbest fouls I've seen in uh, the history of time. It just made zero sense, but um, it just felt like the Celtics – Rather than going, I guess, isolation, I guess, against the zone, they had some more of a plan, and it definitely was get into the paint. And um, I thought Jalen Brown had a great game, but also Jason Tatum, uh, not as much from scoring, at least. Uh, he eventually got there uh, kind of late and kind of had buckets late, but his passing early on, I think he had seven assists in the first half. Um, they are just making just more plays, and the Heat cannot guard the Celtics Other than when they're in the zone, like they just you just saw them pick on Duncan Robinson tonight again, and especially they can do it as you mentioned when they have their five best five lineup, but there's nowhere to hide him. Uh, they just can't guard one on one. And so, maybe do you think the Heat will just start going to a zone like for 48 minutes because it's they really struggle uh, to stop the Celtics if when they're not in kind of that weird 2 2 1 zone they have? Yeah, I mean. It's got to be tempting to go more zone, but
1: the more you see a zone, the easier it is to play against. Like you, you learn how to attack it. You learn the angles. It's like that's that's sort of why zones haven't been huge, huge emphases for most teams for a long time is because typically if you see them a lot, you can get used to it. Toronto play just kind of a different zone all the time. It seems like Miami's zone is kind of it's the this, same thing. Yeah, it, it's not like they're switching versions every single time. So I, I think that's one of the dangers with, with staying in that zone the entire game, all game. Um, so I mean, sometimes it is weird like how much zone defensives have been played in this playoffs. It's especially against the Celtics. It's like the, it's their kryptonite. And and I think it's teams basically saying we're we can't guard the Celtics. Um, unless we try zones, but zones have been pretty effective against them. The zones have been kind and of it, the only way to slow down their offense during the
0: playoffs, and it was effective again uh, in the fourth quarter. Not to be the negative, uh, negative Nancy, not to uh poop in the punch bowl, but the Celtics had 97 points with about nine minutes left to play in the fourth quarter, and basically until they got into free throw mode, um. Like didn't get uh, really score at all. It felt like as they got tired, the kind of attacking that they had uh, and pushing the pace uh, they had earlier in the game uh, kind of struggled, and that's when the zone was effective. So I think they did a really good job earlier in the game of getting into their offense uh, faster, um, again, just getting more transition buckets and then attacking. But then down the stretch, it turned in kind of the shitty ISO ball that we're, uh, we're so used to seeing over games one and two. Yeah, they uh they gotta stop going to that prevent offense. But that's like, what they were they were did that ninety-seven seventy-eight. Like they just didn't score many points for the Heat basically went on a 15-7 run or something to get it uh to chop that lead down to five. It was the offense was bad, and they're like the Kemba three that you mentioned was the kind of the thing that kept them afloat uh after just that prevent offense. Yeah, and, I
1: mean The good part of the Preven offense was it was wasting time and things went about as poorly as they could have. They had a flagrant foul on them. Miami got a bunch of free throws. Like things went really badly and they still.
0: I mean, if Miami didn't 18 threes in a row, it could have gone much more poorly, but I thought the Celtics actually just did a much better job on defense in this game. We talked about kind of the ball pressure they uh, put in with that best five lineup, but they didn't get beat nearly as much on the BAM um, pick and rolls. I mean, there's still some of that, but then the I think the other adjustment uh, was talking about changing up those coverages, putting uh, Marcus Smart on Dragic. Dragic. How do you say it? I've never gotten it right. Dragic. 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 He, uh, Dragic. Dragic, yo. Um, Marcus Smart was good. Your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, well,
1: Marcus Smart. I mean, this is kind of what happened in the Toronto series when Lowry was was really going early in the the series they they stuck smart on him and just kind of took him away and dragic has had his way with kemble walker at times in the series so putting a bigger guy on him i thought was probably for the best he's he's really i mean he was the one who killed the celtics in games 1 and 2 i know jimmy butler hit some big shots and has some key defensive plays but it was dragic doing most of the offensive work at least in the driving department so shutting him off was had to be a key and there's no better way than just telling Marcus smart hey that's that's your guy now so I I thought that was a a big adjustment from the Celtics to go to Marcus on that yeah I I thought that really paid dividends because Dragic drives so much of what the Heat do because he can get into the paint he can break you down and when you break down against the Heat We've talked about this all series. They just have a lot of shooters, a lot of guys willing to make the extra pass. So that, that's when things go really south. Uh, but if you shut him down, if he's not getting to the cup, if, 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 if you can
2: stay solid on him, it makes guarding everyone else easier. Hey, I'm Taz Mellis of No Dunks on The Athletic. Do you want to walk into a room with your chest puffed out, your neck long, and your shoulders broad? Of course you do. For me... Getting clothes that fit properly can give me the confidence I need to do just that. Indochino hooked me up with the gear that fits perfectly. I dreaded getting dressed for my Zoom meetings, but now I change for each one with a big smile on my face. I did a virtual fitting on Indochino's slick website for them to get my measurements. I didn't have to talk to a single human. There are so many options. Here are a few I chose. A long shirt as I tuck it in, I got a no-dunks monogram, and I decided against the shirt pocket. I sincerely did not think that custom fit clothing was this affordable, and all customizations are included in the cost. The website keeps your measurements on file so you never have to re-enter them. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $2.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is a no-brainer if you're getting married visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment like I did and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter code TAS. Not ass TAS, T-A-S, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code TAS.
0: Yeah, and we saw... um... Goron was a minus 29 tonight and so he clearly didn't have the best night. Only 11 points, 2 of 10 from the field. Also a huge thing is that Jay Crowder shot like uh Jay Crowder has shot over his like normal career. He I was 2 of 10 from 3 tonight. Uh and if he's shooting like that, you can keep Kemba Walker on him and there's no real penalty to your defense. Uh where was Jimmy Butler tonight? Like he really was he didn't show up that much in game Two, I think in game one he obviously had those big plays late, but he wasn't—he hasn't been like a dominant performer. Um, I mean, he had the, some plays on the defensive edge, but he's just not been the dominant performer on offense. A lot of their offense has been coming from Bam, and then um, either Duncan Robinson making threes or Hero making threes. I was just—it uh, was odd to see him not in the game late when basically Eric Spolster said we needed a a quick basket. Basically, coded language for Jimmy Butler can't shoot, so we didn't want him out there, but um i was just kind of what what what's going on with that why was he not taking shots i mean that's kind of what he does
1: he's not one of those guys who just racks up a ton of shot attempts he just kind of plays in the flow i mean he ended up with 17 points i thought he was frustrated and kind of understandably frustrated early in the third when he was driving a lot and didn't get any foul calls um those were all like they felt like borderline calls or non calls to me and they all went against him so i mean that's kind of who jimmy butler is he affects the game no matter what he he doesn't always force the issue he's not always in charge of the offense are they coming after you man what's up with what's up with these sirens i'm in new york shit
0: happens not yeah. coming after me i've not i haven't done anything illegal I'm, uh, I my Fourth Amendment that hard rights. Believe. They don't have a warrant for this household. I've,
1: I've, there might be a warrant on Jam. There might be talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like "I lost my mojo," or we avoid it altogether with excuses like "I had a long day at work" or "Sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it." But with Roman. It is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and an ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to Roman.com slash Celtics and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Celtics today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Celtics. GetRoman.com slash Celtics.
0: All right, that's um, a perfect time to uh, to, we'll transition into the world famous potable six pack. This is where Jay and I pick the six best items, things that occurred in this game. Uh, it can be anything from a single play to just a single event to just even a single guy. I'm going to go first because I feel like I always uh, give you the uh, going first, but uh, it's got to be the run when they went small uh at the end of the second quarter where it was uh, back-to-back wide-open dunks, then you had the Jalen Steele for a dunk, Uh, and then even that was a Tatum like spin-move pass to Kemba to the corner for a three. The 12-2 run at the end of the half was just uh, exactly what the uh, Celtics needed, and it was the prime evidence of the best five lineup working, which um, proved you wrong, which is always uh, good for me.
1: Yeah, the two-minute the two, <laughs> the two minute sample size has proved me wrong. No, 12-2, that, baby, 12-2. That was, that was a huge, huge, huge run. It was after Tyler Hero had kind of kept the heat in the game for a long time. He had hit a ton of big shots. The Celtics had, like a lot of the first two games, outplayed the heat for the most part and were still barely up. And then, bam, that best five lineup slaps the run on you. To me, that's the way they have to play when they're that small. They have to be up and pressure in the ball. They have to be, you know, getting deflections and getting steals and and getting out running. And that's what they did. They had three straight runouts, which was
0: like you, you see that in AAU basketball sometimes. You see that in high school basketball. Especially when the guys come with and then they do crazy through the legs dunks in game when they have the runouts. That's what it felt like uh there were no between the legs dunks it but felt like they could have done it if they wanted to fair yeah it was
1: it's very rare you see three runouts in a row in an nba game but the celtics defense was really 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 feeding into the offense they played bam off the court which was really strange um
0: is that because he was like they played him off the court or was that like foul trouble i was he had two by fouls
1: that. he had two fouls it, it wasn't foul trouble they, that was bizarre. they decided, he I, I I mean, I'm sure it wasn't them conceding like we can't play BAM against this lineup, but after they had, you know, three run out, gave up three run outs in a row, they yanked BAM, which was strange to me. I didn't see that happening in this series because BAM is the center to play against small lineups like that, but but the Celtics, I mean that that was that was a key, key run. And I think my first pick, Jalen Brown's defense, really, really keyed that. He was just making plays defensively, deflections, up and guy shit, going the other way. He just created so much with his energy. And- his
0: block on Goron when he did the kind of stop spin move that he is like seemingly I don't think I've ever seen him not get that shot off. And he Jalen Brown was just not fooled whatsoever. And that led directly to a dunk, uh, which basically destroyed Jay Crowder's soul, threw him out the gym um, from Jason Tatum. That was huge. So, yeah, Jalen's great first pick. Clapping up. Great pick, Jay. Great pick.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, My second pick is Brad Stevens saying that he did not care about the result of game three, in a playoff series where his team was down two nothing,
0: that's a Kaizen warrior right there. That's process over results. That's, that's the growth that, mindset, baby. That's the Kaizen master. That
1: is the Kaizen master. And I, I, I get what he was saying. Like obviously he wanted the Celtics to win. Obviously he knew that historically they needed to win or they were done in this series. No team has ever come back from down three nothing. Except but, for the Red Sox
0: in 2004 ALCS, but. no
1: NBA team has ever come back from three nothing. But don't hey, let hey, Pe- don't let Pedro.
0: And we got Kurt Curt Schilling starting Game Six, and then anything can happen in Game Seven. So
1: who knows? Yeah, but I, I just thought that was great. He didn't care about the result. He just wanted to see how the Celtics responded to what was the most tumultuous 48 hours of their season. This this season really has been an easy ride.
0: It's been a smooth ride. What they, the hell are you talking about? They were the 0.5 seconds away from uh, being up 3-0 and then had to fight back through like a game seven. That was not an easy ride. I okay. lost 10 they, years off they my life. They lost a
1: game that made them up 2-1. That was that was really tough. Really, and they lost really a tough.
0: double overtime in game six that would have clinched the series where they got a foul call, or, uh, blown against them, against Kimba. It hasn't been easy. They got pushed to seven by a scrappy-ass Raptors team. I wouldn't say that's easy. I, I,
1: I meant, like, from a locker room standpoint,
0: this has been an easy, easy ride. They Has it been, or has Gary Washburn just not been right outside the bubble listening, saying the team's imploding? It has
1: been an easy ride. <laughs> um, the Celtics, from the start, like, they didn't have any real chemistry issues. They haven't trailed in a playoff series until this series. They just lost their shit at the end of game two and needed to find out what they were made of. And so Brad Brad wanted to see his beliefs confirmed. He said he thought this team was a special group. He's thought that all season long. And really, for the first time, like they showed signs of maybe fracturing. And even in that Toronto series, which, as you pointed out, was... Not the easiest ride from a basketball perspective. They their camaraderie wasn't tested. It was tested in a big way this time. They lost their shit. And How do we
0: know they didn't lose their shit after the um OG? Jerry Washburn was there too. He was right beside the locker. Maybe they, room. Were, they just did not lose their shit, Sam. I mean, maybe they just uh, lost their shit at a more timely uh, moment. I don't know. The the Celtics players really tried to play it down even after this game. Kemba said, like, it was like, what did you learn about the team? Nothing. Jalen played it down. Tatum's like, this happens when you play uh, in sports. Um, But, yeah, I mean, just the Brad quote of saying process over results. I wanted to see, like, how this team came out, the result didn't matter. is is kind of insane coaching nonsense, but uh, I was here for it. Also, I'm gonna for my second pick. I'm gonna go with a post game quote that is kind of borderline nonsense. Uh, Jalen, uh, I just, just want to point out before you
1: continue, because I'm the one who said it was an easy ride. Because you're the one pretending like there were outbursts during last series against Toronto.
0: Brad Stevens
1: said, and I quote. The first time we were pushed to more emotions that challenged us, we got better. The first
0: time. I just want to say the first time. Okay, but last hold time on, the emotions on, no, no, no. didn't challenge the them. First <laughs> time, motherfucker. This is the first time they were, the emotions have challenged them. They could have strong emotions before so was, that were that it not was a more challenge. Of an easy ride before? Uh, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. I don't know. The jury's, jury's still no out on that ride. one. No, it's not. Not. <laughs> I'm gonna say you got me there, Jay. You rolled back the tape and said uh, I was not paying attention. To that you have the quotes I, on hand. I gotta show Artisan
1: Bread's comment saying,
0: "Jay, what? LOL." So someone was on Packard's side. I mean, I you just said easy ride, and I thought back to my nerves as a fan during Game Seven. But you're right. Uh, there was no screaming and fussing uh, until Game Two. Um, But speaking of just kind of wacky quotes after the game, Jalen Brown saying game four doesn't start Wednesday. Game four starts now. I don't know what that means, but it's it's awesome. (laughs) It it
1: reminded me of Happy Gilmore the day after (laughs) hockey tryouts, just jumping, jumping in front of the pitching machine. You know, 364 more days till hockey tryouts. (laughs) Like a hockey trial started that day for him. (laughs) And Jalen Jalen might he might just stay in his jersey till
0: Wednesday night. It might, I mean, he didn't sleep apparently over the past two days. Like he also learned that. So maybe they're he's starting on game four right now, just mentally. If you're gonna be a mental alpha, you start that game early. And so for Celtics fans, we're in game four right now. You didn't even realize it, but we've started game four, preparations have begun. So I'm here for it. I'm ready. Uh, I'm going to try and uh, get some sleep over the next three days, but that's actually a weird wrinkle that we haven't talked about. Um, next game's not till Wednesday because of Monday night football. Gordon Hayward said after the game that he's still pretty sore in his ankle. It'll give him some time to rest. I don't think there's necessarily an advantage to either team, maybe to the Celtics for as it gives Hayward more time to come back. But um just a bizarre thing to have three days off in the middle of a playoff series.
1: Yeah, it's, it's weird, but that's what happens when, uh, the NBA, and I'm just assuming this, but the NBA does not want to go up against football for ratings. That is true. Celtics, even a, a likable Celtics team, isn't going to beat Patriots Seahawks
0: in ratings. Are the Pats on Monday night football this week? I don't know when they are. Oh, and you just So you have the facts on other things. And now you're just throwing out Pat Seahawks. Okay. That's my third pick is going to be the big news we learned tonight. Gordon Hayward staying in the bubble, not going to leave the bubble for the birth of his first son and fourth child. Um, kind of bizarre that we learned that on live television from Rachel Nichols and Brad Stevens did not know Gordon had made that decision, but it was confirmed by Robin Hayward on Instagram, but that's his choice, but it's good for the Celtics in terms of basketball. If that's like, he's clearly a very important part of their uh, team and he will not miss any games uh, moving forward. Just uh, that's cool, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I've never had a kid before. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: his choice. It's his choice. So shout out to him. I don't know. I wonder what changed his mind.
0: Uh, the well, month he just spent with his uh wife and three kids probably wanting to get out of there I will not I will not
1: I will not allow that slander on this podcast okay
0: go Why fire are you for- gonna
1: slander the family life my man probably had a great time at home he didn't have to
0: leave the bubble to go home and be with his family he left the bubble. You asked me why, and I tried to provide a reason, and now you're just coming at me for the reason. Why do you think he's decided not to uh, attend to the uh, birth of his first son? I don't know, but I would I would love to know what changed there, or if all along he kind of wanted
1: to to do it, and then he was like, "Honey, honey, you see got- how bad they need me? They need me down there in the bubble." Honey, we got a real chance now. We <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a real title shot, honey. Let, let me tell you, I know. We're having a child, but like we've had three of those things already. This is our fourth.
0: (laughs) This is this is my first title shot, honey. So, and this is my first boy. And I'd rather I think my son would rather uh, have his father be an NBA champion who tried to go for it than uh... (laughs) is 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 my son going to remember me being there for his birth? No. fucking chance but you
1: know what my son will know my son will know (laughs) the
0: motherfucking rings i like that you turned it from just reasonable gordon hayward to immediately just dropping motherfuckers uh to his pregnant wife well that's good stuff as
1: as thomas c here said in the comments section (laughs) kids come and go championships are forever i i feel like that's a shane falco line or should have been a shane falco line
0: amen to that um, all right, Jay, you got your last pick. I got, I got two. Pick, from I got Adam Adams.
1: Um, I'll I'll leave this one an honorable mention. I'll say it's honorable mention. The Celtics smoking bunnies.
0: I they, mean, that's just the Ennis Cantor special. Like that's what Ennis does. But but it wasn't Ennis Cantor. The
1: the third quarter moment when they were up like fifteen or seventeen. Marcus Smart goes in wide open layup, clank. Grant Williams, five seconds later, clank, clank. <laughs> like, Jesus, guys, those were easy ass layups, smoking bunnies. They were just smoking bunnies. So I, I enjoyed them smoking bunnies. Um, the other one, the ESPN put up, and I will say their network because I'm that type of dude. I will. Transparency is key. Network. They pointed out the Taco Fall and Grant Williams podcast without saying it was on the athletic.
0: Without saying that it's without, on anything is potable feed.
1: Without saying <laughs> that that thing is on the anything is potable feed.
0: Motherfucker, show us some respect. But I did think it was funny that they ripped them for having an unoriginal name and just calling it the Grant and Taco Show. Yeah, but the
1: they showed the graphic and like they had all white space, like just say the name of the show, where to find it. But no, that was
0: I felt that was disrespectful to the athletic the athletic gods. It was, and um, for our fellow for podcast cohorts co-host people on our feed, uh, they should get the respect. A lot of grant talk in this game, Grant. I thought it was a funny. He was just talking about uh, giving his mustache to Gordon Hayward. Um, also, yeah, he, he was mic'd up. He was mic'd up, and he was probably the, one of the more entertaining mic'd up. I also thought it was funny uh, when he was talking about something. He was saying Duncan Robinson's full name uh, like during his switch. I just thought it was like there's, you can save some effort there just saying Robinson or, or just a number, but he's going, Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson. And you know how some guys just have that full name guys like My, Jay King? Jimmy Butler is kind of a full name guy. Yeah, or my friend Jacob Vance. My uh my high school coach,
1: <laughs> we used to always give him shit. Um, because he would call all the white kids by their full name. <laughs> and then all the black players, he would call them by their first name. He'd be like, like Travis, what's up? And they'd be like Jay King, <laughs> Ben Swayze, Paul Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> like, did he not know uh, their last names?
0: Oh no, he he knew he knew everybody's last names. He was <laughs> it was just, just how it, how it went how we operated. All right, I got some honorable mentions too. Why is the floor so damn slippery? People are slippering left and right. I don't like it. They're slippering. Um, slippering. I'm. It's so slippery. I'm slippering. You know. Um, Eric Spolstra in the third corner interview just talked about how much the Celtics are bringing force. That was a new way of describing winning basketball, but he mentioned it at least three times. I thought that was fun. We uh, gotta talk about the Crowder Jalen beef a little bit. It was very mini beef,
1: but in in this Celtic season, you gotta take whatever beef you can get. They're they're not a very beefing team. Game two, they beef with themselves. You got, got to embrace the beef with other teams. Jalen versus Crowder was fun. It was it was a kind of, kind of unnecessary response from Crowder it was like they got tangled up he fell down they called a foul and he just got in Jalen's face and I think Jalen told him I'm right here I'm right here and then later Jalen stole it kind of dunked on him and then just glared at him a little bit so I I was I, I'm I'm appreciating the simmering emotions with Crowder because I know that at some point in this series there's going to be more than what happened
0: with oh, him yeah. and Jalen. Like, Crowder is destined to clash with somebody. And it seems like Jalen's the guy right now. I could have used a boop. I mean, the classic Jay Crowder booping John Wall's nose was uh, one of the great moments in Celtics' playoff beef history. But it's good to see some of that emotion coming through. Um, yeah, I thought that was uh, – a pretty unnecessary reaction from Crowder, but it was uh, generally um, pretty good. To, and we've seen no Jimmy Butler, Marcus Smart beef, which is kind of um, surprising. We did see Marcus Smart as B-Shaw 44 uh, talks out, talking some shit while taking free throws, uh, which is just classic Marcus Smart. But... Yeah. <laughs> and they were kind of key free throws. What was the score? Like Like a
1: five-point Celtics lead at that point? And he... He had kind of taken a. It was a, it
0: was after a ridiculous shock uh, attempt with 15 seconds left on the. shot I didn't block. think it was
1: that ridiculous because the Celtics they were getting themselves in trouble by just doing nothing, and then he felt the contact and.
0: Yeah, and he's pretty much shot. done that. Like I had, like you should have faith in him because that's pretty much what that was. Pretty much their f- most successful fourth quarter offense was. Uh, him just taking it uh, in the post, or like he didn't hit a nice floater there. The last thing I want to mention is the flagrant foul called on Jalen late, which actually could have been huge. He, yes, his elbow made contact with Duncan Robinson's face, but in slow motion, it looks like so much worse than it is. And basically, it feels like Duncan Robinson's entire strategy was to put his face in the space of Jay, like Jalen Brown's. Like, I don't. It feels like that happens so often now. I don't know. And with slow motion, it's always going to be called a flagrant, but. It feels like if you throw your face into someone's, butt, like, space and then you get your head knocked back, It, I don't know. It just feels unnatural to me. Am I being completely biased here? Uh,
1: I I thought Jalen, like, hit him with the elbow. Like, like it was it was kind of a sharp hit. But my thing, like, it's been the whole playoffs, or at least since the Toronto series, if you're going to call shots to the face, flagrant fouls, just keep it consistent. It's, It just hasn't been consistent. The whole playoffs, so that that's my thing. Um, uh, and I, I get like it's it makes it tougher when a guy's like really up into your shit. But I, I did think I mean Jalen hit him pretty squarely with with an elbow.
0: But he missed him with the first elbow and then came back down with a second one. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty impressive. We also had uh some bloody gore on Dragic. I'm gonna not gonna lie, it, it made me after how good Dragic was in the first. Two games, it did bring me some joy to see that he was bleeding from his mouth. I'm just gonna say that I, to see that he was in pain, and that's the ugly fan in me. And I'm just wanted to, like this is my space to admit that I'm not exactly proud of it. But when I saw he was bleeding, I did smile. But uh, you you brought this up. What the fuck was Tice doing when he picked up his fist out, foul, <laughs> just fouling someone on the opposite free throw line? I don't know what like, especially with a guy like. He gets in foul trouble so much. There was also—it's not like he was the last guy back. There was a guy behind him. It would have been like a three-on-one break. Also, he could have just ran back. It was one of the worst fouls I've seen ever, and I just don't get. It's like a Euro foul, I guess they call it, but it just made zero sense. Yeah, that was that. There were some bad fouls in this game. Kendrick Nunn's foul
1: when Jason Tatum had basically already dunked the ball. Was bad. Marcus Smarts with like one point eight seconds left. Um, when
0: was that? End of the half. Yeah, that was bad. Like, he just, but that's when he slipped on the goddamn slippery floor. Yeah, I mean, was, he tripped a guy, but it was an unintentional dumb fell. The Tice foul was a very dumb fell, and like yeah, this is a great comment again from Thomas. Tice is waging the war on himself. I mean, you can't you can't do that. It's just uh, uh, it's just a ridiculous game. I mean, but we've gone on long for the potable six pack just turned into a, a potable nine pack, and I guess that happens. You throw back a few more on a Saturday night, and so yeah, you're having fun with the people in the chat. But um, Celtics win. What was the final score? I don't even remember at this point. One seventeen to one hundred six. Now it is a series. They'll come back Wednesday. We'll have some preview pods. We'll talk to some people before the podcast on uh, before the game on Wednesday. But thank you guys for listening to this. Thank you for all the people who stuck with us here on the Periscope. And thanks to everyone who's listened on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. If you like the podcast and you should, because it's very good, uh, please give us five stars or rate us or tell a friend. Um, And thank you for listening to this episode of anything is possible.